Hello and welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat podcast brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, a podcast, YouTube channel, Twitter account and website. And I remembered them all this time. Yay! Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. Um, into my second beer. So cheers, everybody. Have a great evening. And uh, so do uh, subscribe through your favorite podcasting app. Five stars um, is a fantastic thing to do. Share with all your friends. Let them all know how wonderful, great and brilliant this is. And if you like, you can always uh, watch us on YouTube Live 8 p.m. every Tuesday um, and also see the recordings there as well. Joining me this evening, all the way from, who should we start with? Hamilton. Jess, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, I have a cold, though, so I want to apologize if I cough or something like that. I'll try my best not to. This is why we do it remote, is so we don't catch each other's, other's diseases. Exactly. It's fantastic. Works really well. Um, <laughs> and uh, from the, uh, the, the West Stand Massive, and he's decided, obviously, Spark didn't get in touch overnight and uh, give him a contract because he is wearing what must be described as, well, a horrible shirt, basically. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm rocking my Gold Coast sort of shirt, you know, fishies and stuff, tropical fishies, in, in celebration of the uh, men's and women's um, sevens team winning gold at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, was it men's and women's team, or was it men's and the men's, men's and team? the uh, the other the uh, the the all, the all black sevens and the women's team? The, the, well, no, it the all black sevens and the, uh, the, the 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 wives and girlfriends of certain men's team. <laughs> team yeah. <laughs> After some absolutely horrendous. Oh, jumping ahead. <laughs> oh, and the sisters. Don't forget that some of them have brothers that are all blacks too. Yeah. Oh, that's very true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, because we had obviously we had uh, um, oh, Sonny Bill Williams' sister do really well. Ah, oh, good on you, Paul. I saw what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Niall Williams. Niall Williams. Yes. Um, and <laughs> yeah. So come on. <laughs> the, what do we think of the coverage of the Commonwealth Games um, and the Sevens? As long as um, we keep calling them out, they'll they'll figure it out and stop doing it and stop saying Aiden's Ross's. Aiden Ross's wife was devastated and used her name. They'll figure it out. We just got to keep calling them out. Absolutely. I think so. Uh, and, and, you know, but it's interesting that um, I think you, we, we, I just highlighted Niall Williams uh, as obviously SBW's sister, but uh, I, I think most people are now aware of that fact. Yeah. So it's quite safe to actually, I, you know, you go back a few years and you can say, oh, look, nobody's going to know the females players', players names or something like that. Maybe you could have said that. But these days I think we're starting to become aware of it. Well, rugby fans are anyway. And if you're not a rugby fan, then you're probably not going to know the other name, like Aiden Ross, anyway. <laughs> Who's he? Exactly. I'm, I'm okay, Jess. Jess is on. It's, he's one of the long list of chief <laughs> injured. injured players for the out for the whole season. Sadly, it grows by the game. So. Yeah, yeah. Look to cover that off, though. I think it's time for the um, MSM to move on and uh, acknowledge the players by their names. If there is a connection, you name the player and then you name the connection. You know why they name the connection first. You know why they're saying Sunny Bill, though? It's like a clickbait thing. They think people will be interested if they see Sunny Bill in the name or, or a oh, male player in the name. Absolutely. But the interesting thing there, I think, with the Sunny Bill things is that, uh, uh, you know, 
He's in the rugby fraternity anyway. Niall Williams. Um, I hope I'm getting her name right. Um, is is actually <laughs> she's. Um, but, but I think she's she's uh, sort of got to the, as I say in the rugby fraternity. She's just as well known as her big brother. Um, obviously with the uh, Aiden Ross scenario with Michaela Bly, um, um, sort of you know, obviously might be a little bit unknown. But again. You name the player first and then any connections after that. Well, I was going to say, I think Michaela, I recognise her more than I recognise him, Michaela O'Reilly Moss, to be honest with you. And let's be be fair, Sabre Williams is one of the biggest names in rugby. So clearly she's not quite as famous as he is, but she's still famous in her own right. And and Portia Woodman, and she's a household name in New Zealand now. You don't go around uh, trying to, um, I don't know who who her partner is or or if she is related to any other male rugby players. Trent Woodman. so you don't go around mentioning him. You mentioned Portia Woodman. <laughs> no one knows who Portia Woodman is. Hey, she even um, got up on stage next to, uh, um, next was was on stage in in, the, in her sloggies, which which shows that she, that uh, alongside the All Blacks and also oh, I've gone blank as to the um, uh, DJ Forbes uh, for their advert for for sloggy underwear and stuff. So I, the I was going to say, is what the hell are sloggies? Yeah, I was like, I've never heard what, of that. Sloggies? Sloggies? Oh, um, what channel are you watching? <laughs> which, okay, which, which is the underwear manufacturer that sponsors the All Blacks? Jockey? Jockey. Jockey, okay, maybe. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marketing works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So there we go. Um, uh, so the, the, yeah, there we go. Okay, so, so she was, she was one of the, one of the four faces of the of the jockey adverts alongside DJ Forbes. Uh, I think it was um, Damien McKenzie and one of the other All Blacks, probably um, uh, Dag or something last year. So I think it was Anton. Anton Leonard Brown, really? Yeah. And okay. Yeah, and they'll make it for not having abs. I'm like almost certain. I might be wrong, but. Oh, dear. So look, they, 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 are, they, are, they are household names uh, now. Uh, and especially after winning the rugby, Women's Rugby World Cup last year as well, uh, picking up this this one uh, and in what was a fantastic final. Uh, I, must, I, I listened to it on the radio sport rather than actually watching it live because I was driving back from Auckland. But it, it was a, it was a, th- a thrilling finish. Fantastic game, um, amazing, really. I mean, you know, just cut and thrust. Um, obviously, the the drama and the full time whistle. Uh, of the Australian player. Now, she's not a household name in New Zealand, so forgive me, Australian listeners and fans. Um, but kicking the ball out, and you're wondering, what is she doing? <laughs> and then she kicks it out and realises, what have I done? So, you know, there was some, um, some interesting moments in the game, but absolutely uh, cut and thrust and a, a fantastic um, advertisement for the game as well. And then we won, right, dis- right result. The new one, yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> all me. <laughs> it was all you, was it? Yeah. It was all me. <laughs> it was all you jumping up and down in front of the TV that, that made, made all the difference. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why, that's why the women played extra hard during the, during the extra time to win. I have to do that so my son has the opportunity. Dad, you know they can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my my favourite one was that actually my, my uncle would go watch the games, would come back and watch the, re- watch the, uh, the replays at home and still shout at the ref. And my mum would go, <laughs> They can't hear you, and you know what happened as well. Um, so yes, yeah, that was that was football. Um, but yes, it's the 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 uh, oh dear me. Um, 
No, so that was great. Double gold, outstanding. Jack says, absolutely. Uh, Christian, uh, the women's final was intense. Um, I got very nervous towards the end. Um, I was nervous before the end, never mind, um, <laughs> at the end. Uh, and I was driving along and just listening to it. And uh, that fabulous work by uh, Radio Sports, to be fair to them. Uh, I'm not, I've not been a fan of Radio Sport on the whole uh, with some of the people who they hire. But, uh, but yeah, the commentary during that show was, uh, for, for that was, was very good. Uh, coverage on, on uh, TVNZ? Yeah, no, it was um, it was good. They had Sav on. Uh, uh, I think you know a, a wasted talent because you don't hear him often enough. Fantastic rugby commentator. So uh, yeah, is it, uh, it was good. Um, in, in terms of the game, I just want to say, I mean, I actually thought that um, you know arrogant All Blacks supporter here, but I actually thought that the um, the uh, sevens, women sevens, um, All Blacks women sevens, it was sort of like it's just the mistakes that kept the Australians in the team in the game actually. Um, if they hadn't, there was opportunities for the uh, Sevens team, the Women's Sevens, to finish the game, and they had breaks, and they just make um, a little silly, silly little error. But you can understand why they were absolutely knackered. It was hot, thirty degrees, yeah, really hard conditions. Yeah, no, I heard. Yeah, heard the the, yeah, the conditions were, were were tough over there, and um, and so. For those of you who've read the tweet about this, yes, I have totally stolen the question from. The, that we've just been discussing there, which was, is it time to refer to the All Blacks by their female partner? Uh, straight from the guy who I've gone blank, the director who did um, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, what's his name? Taika. Yep, Taika. That was his. That was his tweet. So I stole it from him unashamedly. Uh, so yes, he did. Uh, he did put that one out. Moving on to no. question two, though. Um, oh, I mean, this is your one. Uh, try no try when forcing the ball. You mentioned something about Kiri's. Um, that's what I missed this because I only saw the highlights of this game. But Akiri's note was no try. Talk us through it as as to what happened, and then talk us through Kelly's try in the sevens. Yeah, look, um, interesting some situation here. I mean, like uh, you know, what's basically happening is um, you can force the ball with your forearm. This has been accepted sort of norm, and um, with the Akira's try. And, and to be, this is just a talking point. I wasn't upset by the decision. It was a 50-50 call. Um, this is the fact is that you can actually see Akira forces the uh, um, ball, but he's got his arm underneath the ball. So it's not grounded, no try. Then you go to um, Kelly Brazier's try, the match-winning try. And if you watch that, she actually dives in and she has her arm under the ball. And at no point does the ball actually touch the ground. So in one instance, it's okay to force the ball with your forearm. And in the other instance, it's not okay to force the ball with your uh, forearm underneath the ball. So that was the interesting thing. And I've seen it happen before, and I've seen it called both ways as well. Generally, obviously, it's called the in the negative of no try when it's in a um, collapsed heap type on the line. And um, and it's called a try when it's in a um, motion of a dive where sometimes the ball carrier and guys listening on the podcast won't see this, but, you know, scoop having both arms wrapped around the ball um, and then they dive forward and the ball at no stage touches the grass. So th that was it. And this is an interesting sort of uh, scenario where one day, you know, people are going to be up in arms saying, oh, he's forced it. And this is like, well, no, he never put the ball down on the ground. And this is one where I thought it was a bit like cricket, where your hand on the bat counts as part of the bat. And I thought that your hand on the ball counted as part of the ball. But I've been told that's not true and that you've got to get your hand out of the way and put the ball down. So 
I don't know. I'm I, it's the as, as you say. Sometimes when you dive, it doesn't get put down down. But quite if it basically if there's no one else near you, they won't go for a TV replay. Mm. If there's a bunch of bodies, then they'll go for a TV replay and see whether it was put down or not. And that's what it really comes down to, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. Uh, you know, when, when you look at it, like in a, oh, we're going upstairs, we're going to have a look at it, and it's just like, well, the ball was never grounded, so um, it's no try. So there we Any comments, Jess? Um, uh, well, what do you think if at the time the Australian team had been like, no, we want to check that? Yeah. What do you think the outcome would have been? Do you think they just missed that, or do you think it was? I mean, oh no, look, I mean, of... yeah, no, look, it, it, in a in a situation I've never seen a question in a diving motion, and, and it yeah. it happens consistently in a diving motion, the ball never actually gets grounded, um, but it's never been questioned. And you raise a really good point. What if the Australians had said, "Go upstairs, go upstairs," although Paul yeah. doesn't like this, you know, running into the ref. <laughs> and say, go upstairs, it's no try, she never grounded the ball. But that's really like very high stakes, you know, that yeah, would be absolutely. the time to be like, no, we need to have a second opinion. Yeah, yeah, so, hmm, that would, it's just like, that's when we, that's when that's going to be tested, when it's a clear, clear cut, nobody's near around the ground, Um, the, the try scorer, and somebody randomly goes, check it, because they never grounded the ball. <laughs> and, Okay, no, I, I now I, I'm going to take this even. There, there, there are two strands to go here, but one of the ones I'm going to go down here is that I'm going to take it even further. Not even the captain, if you look at the law book, there's nothing in the law book saying the captain can talk to the referee and is allowed to question the referee. Uh, it's purely a convention uh, that the referees mm. have because they want to have communication with the teams. Now, I think, yeah, any other player who walks up to the ref to just be told to shut up and go away, whatever they're asking for. Uh, so, yes, absolutely charging up the referee and saying, hey, check that, please. I don't think he grounded it. Uh, absolutely not. There was one try over the weekend during the Super Bowl. I can't remember which one it was, but um, it looked like he hadn't really put it down. And then he gets up and throws it up in the air. And you're like, oh, that one looks a little bit close. Maybe he didn't actually get that one down because um, he had control over it. But he, again, one of these situations where he dives, bounces, and you think, actually, his arm's been under that. That ball's never touched the ground. And he's Same got with the Bowden Barrett try. Pretty sour about that, to be honest. I think that Brody had his hands on it first, but whatever. Why don't we put Brody at number ten for the All Blacks <laughs> if he's got the pace? <laughs> I think Brody could probably play in a number of positions for the All Blacks quite comfortably. I'd like to see that. The um, well, left wing. Actually, we need we need a big bashing bowling um, bowling over people winger. Um, so perhaps. Imagine a game where all the Fords players played as backs and all the Blacks played as Fords. You'd end up with half the half the backs in in hospital after the first scrum. Why? The first scrum. Have you ever have you ever seen a back trying to scrum? Scrum it properly. They, they can't go on the side oh, of yeah. they can't go on the side of side of a scrum effectively. Never mind do a front row. You could yeah, <laughs> kill. It'd be interesting though. <laughs> It's interesting seeing Medicab come on and off. <laughs> well, I need some other teams to have some injuries, so maybe the you Crusaders v Hurricanes should do it. Just digressing totally, you should be sour at Angus Tarvel 
um, because he drops the ball and then fell on um, poor Aiden Ross's leg. Yeah, that that's pretty. Yeah, he must. Have, <laughs> I honestly, I thought Aiden Ross was like dead. The way he just wasn't moving, I was like, oh mm. my goodness, it's finally happened. So, okay, so since you've since you've gone and, and, and oh sorry, <laughs> no, not at all. Hey, hey, go for it. Um, since, since since we've wandered down that alley, uh, question four. Um, yes. Let's jump out of order. Let's talk about long-term effects of injuries. Come on, Jess. This was your. I'm um, getting really cynical watching games every week and watching literally a Chiefs player hurt themselves multiple ones every single game. It's really hard to watch. Like, is this our entertainment that we go and watch men ruin their bodies? I mean, what happens when they're 30, 40, especially the head stuff? Gladiator. Is it worth it? I don't know. It seems okay. like a horrible exchange of like I'll give you my health for like ten years of rugby. Well, <laughs> if they, well, if if they survive ten years, um, a lot of players don't even survive that long. To be fair, but the okay, the head the head injury one is a big one where players need protection from themselves. They want to play every game and they can't, and yeah. they should be dragged off and made not to play. Uh, and whilst things have improved, we're still a long way from being perfect on on that one. And totally right. The, the head injury one is one where players need protection for themselves. They, they definitely are going back on the pitch when they shouldn't do. The other injuries, and this is where I think we do need a culture change. We saw the when I've gone black, Andre Strauss was, became the, the most capped South African super rugby player. And the, 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 the photo they put out alongside that is him with blood streaming on his face. And you're like, Really? So here we are celebrating the fact that he's played more games than anything else, and we've chosen a, yeah. a picture where he's deliberately injured, uh, deliberately... Uh, what a warrior. What a soldier. Yeah, but I think that sort of is the toxic masculinity that comes into play, doesn't it? That they're, like, tough and, like, the peak manliness to, like, play on like that, you know? What's and that I think Paul? it's... Sorry, what's the um like? Obviously, we, we because we see it in our papers over here, um, and our media over here is the fact is the injury toll in um all our Super Rugby teams. I wasn't actually aware until today of the actual the the full injury toll in the Blue Squad even even you know, and sort of thing. What's it like in the um the uh, Northern Hemisphere um competitions? Are you aware of how that's what the injury tolls up there are like? Exact statistics, please. Yes. Exact, exact. No, I don't have exact statistics to to, to straight away in, in, um, to hand, but there there is definitely a difference between different uh, countries. So, for example, if we look at Ireland uh, and the amount of games that Johnny Sexton's been asked to play since he came back from the Lions tour, it's not very many. Basically, anything that is not considered basically a, a critical game, he's been rested, and therefore he's had time to recover from from the Lions. If we look at other players, such as Mario Toji. Um, Farrell, they've pretty much played every single game that they've been available for since the Lions. And funny enough, they're knackered and breaking down. And the injury toll within the Aviva Premiership this season has been very high. And, and the whereas the the injury level within some of the top four, some of the Pro 14 teams has been less so because they rotate their players much more. Can I just yeah. link to the campaign that? the New Zealand rugby, whatever, has rolled out about mental health, you know, and being more open and honest about that. They're trying to, you know, get some of the players to talk about what they do to relax or what they've gone through. 
but then they glorify, well, maybe not them, but the media glorify, like, playing on with injury and, you know what? Absolutely. I, I wrote an article. It seems confusing because you're telling us to be more aware and to take control of it and speak out when you're injured. But then if it's a physical injury, it's like you're tough if you play on. And like literally a player gets stitches almost every game. Jack Goodhue, Brody Ritter, like, like they all like it's confusing. You've got to spill some claret. The, okay, well, you, you're covering off on three different issues here. So one of them is around the head injuries. And we definitely need the play and, the, and I say players who protect from that. And we have seen an improvement in that space. Another area is around depression and mental and just mental welfare, uh, which there's been a lot of work about. Because uh, I saw a tweet out by Gareth Southall, who an ex, who's a, an ex-football player, but he was said right for the under the age of I can't I think it was forty. He mentioned that the uh, it's not car crashes, it's not cancer, it's not heart attacks. The number one killer of males in the UK under the age of forty. Is suicide. So there's a lot of work going on around suicide awareness and depression awareness as well, which is what the latest piece of which is what the piece you're talking about there is, uh, and that is something that also we have to talk about more. Um, and for those, if you want to see my views on this and some of the issues I've gone through, uh, go back into my YouTube channel, have a quick search for um, mental health, and you'll see a few comment uh, see see me um, say some very very frank things about stuff that I've gone through. So. Feel free to go and have a look at that uh, later um, after the show, please. So there's that piece. And then, then there's, there's the physical side of things. Now, it's the physical one we're kind of talking about here and mainly. But the I, I remember Nonu playing, th being, uh, again, applauded for playing through a game with a broken arm. Mm. To me, that's just stupidity. You've, you're, 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 raising, you're increasing the chance of exacerbating an injury, making it worse, meaning that you'll be out of action for longer. You're not helping your team by playing on with a broken arm. You're potentially putting your team in a much worse situation further down the line. And players are going to, whilst there is an element of, uh, if you talk to a lot of uh, um, a lot of amateur players, they say you have to play through pain. Uh, each of these collisions is like a car crash. Now, at the amateur levels, it's not quite a car crash because they, ca they can't run as fast. They're a bit less fit. But uh, at the top level, it, yeah, it's, it's like a car crash each time. So... If you can't play through through some pain, you're going to go off the off the very first signs of any contact. So it's a balancing act of playing through pain, but knowing when that pain is actually an injury when your body's telling you, "Stop, you're hurt, get off." Uh, and I we I don't think we've got the balancing act right. You know, when I was at the Chiefs Blues um, game, the Blues wing, I think it was the 14. He, the medic kept coming up to him because he wasn't walking straight. He, he like he wasn't good. And for a good twenty to thirty minutes, the medic kept trying to talk to him and get him to come off, and he just wouldn't. And they were just letting him play on. I was right where he was, and he was not good. And that's a fast. The the medic has to have the ultimate say and and just grab him by the collar yeah. and go. You're coming off. He was literally like walking, like yeah, he was not good. That's, that's, I mean, like, I, I know you're trying to give some ups to the medics there, Jess, but the reality is that the medics actually have all the power um, okay. to, to, to yank the player because effectively yeah. he can get oh, the referee. He, yeah. the, re the medic can get the referee to stop the game, and therefore the player has no choice but to leave the yeah. field once the referee has said, you leave the, you know, um, 
obviously not giving him a red or yellow card, but I have seen the referees say you you're off, you're going for an HIA or whatever yeah. sort of thing. So the, the the power is actually in the medic's hand. Um, yeah. Obviously, they're not using it. It, it possibly yeah. in that scenario. I mean, for the players, sometimes they're so eager to get game time that they will just be like, nope, it's fine. I'm, oh, absolutely. I mean, top-level sports all about the fact is that, you know, can you afford to give that next guy down the ladder um, a break? Yeah. Because it might be your last time out there if he performs. Yeah. So there is that fear, I suppose, for a professional athlete from any sport. There's yeah. a couple of things. One of the you don't want to let the team down. And mm. the problem is, that we're getting that the wrong way around. You're letting the team down by trying to play through hurt. Mm. The second side of things is, as you say, if you give someone an opportunity to take your jersey, you may never get it back. And whilst one of the things we've seen with the, the Chiefs is that there's a lot of decent players <laughs> out there. Heaps of opportunities. Yes, Just wait I'm, another week. <laughs> yes, but those. What I'm saying is, those players that are coming in are not are, are not showing up to be that much uh, to to be of a, of a lower level than the person they've replaced. Those people that have, that, have, that have been injured, that have lost their injury to the end of the season, may not get a contract next season because mm -hmm. the player that's come in has played well. Mm -hmm. So there's clearly, there is people out there. I mean, what, one of the things that I've heard the egg chasers talk about before about players is opportunity is about as, as, as big a thing as talent or whatever because a lot of, there are a lot of talented players, a lot of players with the willpower to do it. And if they get the opportunity, they can prove it. Um, but sometimes you don't get that opportunity in which case you, you can't prove it and so you don't get the next contract. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of, so there is also that as that, that as well. Um, there's a lot of good chat going on in the chat, but it's going too fast for me. I'm sorry, guys, uh, to, to be able to concentrate on that and talk as well. Uh, if you want to have a something brought up or a question asked, then please do the super chat. That'll make it bounce out and I'll be able to see it. But yeah, no, there's a lot of that going on. I do think, I think we've got the balance wrong at the moment uh, and that when you change that, I think we're improving around head injuries I don't think we're moving forward yet with the physical injuries. In terms of the physical injuries, if we keep going at the rate that we are, then the squads have to be bigger. Player management has to be better. Um, yeah, actually, but, yeah, it, it, what happens if too many injuries? What if it's like 10, 15, 20 of the squad? What happens then? What's happening now, isn't it? Well, that's for the Chiefs, but for the Highlanders, they've got like two players out. So it's not universal. Some it's not teams, across the board. It's not across it's the right. board. I've started practicing. Um, They'll probably call me up around May, June at this point. <laughs> at this rate, seriously, it's like a season-ending injury every game. So I know how to kick. I got some. You boots. don't want to be a prop in the chief squad. Oh no, I want to be a glory position. I'll be a wing. I was just like Sam Prattley, You don't want to be a chief, uh, a prop in the chief squad. Just saying. <laughs> I, I go for fullback. You can position yourself away from where the break is, so you don't have to make any changes at all. Um, as we noted, if you go back and listen to our weekend, does it, from, so I could probably do it from last night. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Looks easy. Slide that in there. <laughs> oh dearie me. Anyway, back to. Question three, I think, um, time for so What do we think about Sky losing out to Spark and TVNZ for the uh, World Rugby Tournament? Ever since the announcements, I've been having sleepless nights. I'm on, um, I'm on ADSL. Oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm on ADSL. I'm really concerned. Um, you know, I'm going to be... Me for you. Exactly. Well, that's not going to help, unfortunately, because until I get fibre outside my door, it's not going to improve. You're going to have to move. I'm going to have to move. I need a new house. <laughs> I need a new house. Well, that's got fibre out. Of the... I'm going to be sitting down to watch the All Blacks versus 
X in the Rugby World Cup in Japan and my kids will jump on Peppa Pig on a tablet and my screen will start buffering. You know what? Um, I don't know if it's because I'm in a different age bracket, but I watched the whole of the last World Cup um, online. <laughs> so we, no, we, can, we wouldn't want when, to condone any illegalities <laughs> here. But it, yeah, it didn't. It doesn't affect me personally. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I am. I am a bit worried. Tell you the truth, uh, seriously. Um, I, I've tried to do the uh, viewing on the internet thing so that I can save some dollars. Blah blah blah. Um. Anyway, um. To yeah, watched it on the internet. I just can't. I, I for rugby, I really like the quality that I get through. Um. On sort of a, a digital TV service, whether it's terrestrial or stuff online. Yeah, but didn't they say that like? They did a lot of ads at really pivotal moments in the Commonwealth Games coverage. Is that right? They, they did, but that's not a you know that's not the they issue with that the, the game. That, that's not the issue with the actual quality of the um, pictures and the like. Um, you know that's that's the concern is the quality of the pictures um, and any buffering type issues as well. Um, you know when you get when you get you get um, what what sort of viewing numbers do they get? I you know you get hundreds of thousands of people starting to watch one game. That back end infrastructure um, starts to struggle. It's too late in that moment in time to do anything about it. So that is going to. I mean, there, there, there are a couple of com, com, uh, couple of issues. One is that most of Auckland doesn't have uh, fibre yet. Mm-hmm. So our our biggest city in the country will be will have problems watching the Rugby World Cup. I'll be fine down here in New Plymouth because I because we have fibre down here and I have VDSL as well. Uh, my, oh, I'll, I'll, I don't know. We were bragging. So the yeah. uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we're going to be fine down here in the provinces, which is nice for a change. It's the other way around. But as you say, there's going to be issues up in Auckland uh, around that um, side of things. Uh, some of it obviously will be available through TVNZ, so that'll be the big games. Anything that involves the All Blacks will be free to wear. It's all the other games you're going to struggle with. I think is, is going to be where the problem is. The other, the other side of things that was actually sort of spotted in the in the in the, in the chat down here uh, is what's the quality of commentators going to be like if they're all signed up for super rugby, for 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 the um, uh, for Sky TV already? Uh, mm. Which commentators are going to be available? And I'll tell you two or three that are available straight away, and they're all on this show. Um, yes, I would be amazing. I, I, awesome, I'm an awesome sideline comments guy. Yeah, I'm not at all biased. No, I keep not my at all. temper when I watch games. I'm very pro Barrett. Be fantastic. <laughs> the older Barrett, that is, or the yeah. very young one. Just Bowden not Bowden and Scott are absolutely fine. Mm. No, okay. Right. Scott, okay. Um, so uh, there is that, I, and actually, yeah, I'll, yeah. Full disclosure, everybody. I have approached uh, Spark and told them, hey, if you would like to have some warm-up shows. Uh, to encourage people to come on live on on uh, oh uh, what's 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 their live streaming um, platform? I've got it's called now. Light, uh, Lightbox. Lightbox. Then I'm more than happy to produce a, a rugby channel for you on Lightbox. That's very generous of you. Uh, so we'll have to see what 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 eventuates from that. They'll say that they, they, um, uh, the what is the time difference in fourteen days if they're interested. Tokyo. Just because I remember last World Cup, I was getting up at like three four. What is the time difference? Are the games going to be time friendly? It's about the same as Sydney. So I think it's three hours. Oh, nice. Oh, sorry, nice. two hours. Two, two hours, sorry. I think it is. Beautiful. So, yeah, don't worry. It's, it, from a New Zealand point of view, it's an okay time zone. Um, mm. The time uh, currently in Tokyo was 5.32. Oh, nice. So three hours difference. Mm. So 
Uh, uh, Christian, uh, this one says, I saw that uh, tweet from you, Paul. Um, yes, not only I've not only I've tweeted Spark, but I've, they've they've also given me a website to go to, and I've officially applied uh, to provide them with wonderful rugby content, uh, original rugby content. What do as your well. credentials need to be? Try them all. I what, what are you trying? I, I'm selling. Uh, I'm, I'm do selling you. Want to be you a already, reference? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so yes, yeah, so, so you, you may maybe find that uh, the driving more package will not be available on YouTube soon. It may be available only on Spark through Lightbox. <laughs> don't forget where you came from. Don't forget your roots. Okay. No, we're, we're part of the package. We're part of the package. It's okay. Say, oh, okay. You, you, yeah. you can solve we'll it whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so now it is interesting that it's going to change from Sky. Sky took a, took a bit, uh, took, got a lot of subscribers around the, the 2015 Rugby World Cup. Um, uh, clearly, they decided that the cost this time is too much, and they haven't gone for it. I think the Rugby World Cup is going to be okay because we're talk, we're still a year and a half away, and I think Spark and TVNZ can get their act together by then. What's going to be more interesting is the Junior Rugby World Cup that's happening in about two months' time. Mm. And are Spark and TVNZ going to be ready in time for that? Uh, and there are various other um, tournaments. They've, they've also got the Women's Rugby World Cup lined up as well, which will be a couple of years um, away. So it's not just the Rugby World Cup or the Men's Rugby World Cup that we're talking about here. There are other um, uh, other tournaments as well. And the Junior Rugby World Cup, which is the next one up, is or Junior Rugby World Championship, I think it's called, is going to be the it's going to be a real tester because the the time the the, the turnaround for that is pretty short. Uh, as far as commentary goes, I don't think we have to worry because they'll, if they can't provide their own, they're not going to put their own commentators on every on every game. They'll only do that for New Zealand games. All the other games, they'll take the host broadcaster's comment, English commentary. So that isn't going to be a problem. And uh, obviously, hopefully, you'll have a driving more post game reaction show uh, for you live on, on Lightbox. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll, we'll sort of follow. We'll follow live through. From Tokyo, by the way. Yeah, yeah. we might have to get live from Tokyo, Paul. Just saying. We can, hey guys, keep the cost down and the profits high. So we're doing it, we're doing it from our bedrooms. It's we get sponsorship. Um, yeah. So they'll be rolling out Keith Quinn, John Macbeth, and Willie Lose to do the New Zealand games. No, Willie Lose is uh, he's, um, he's he's a contract. He's on contract because the reason why I'm pretty sure he's on contract basis so he can freelance is because um, he has been on uh, World Seven Circuit. Where it hasn't been Sky coverage, yeah. So I think I think Sky will say if you contract with us, we don't expect to see you on TV no, coverage. Mm, mm, be interesting, is what I expect. We'll see. See what happens. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, Andre, where is this junior rugby junior tournament, please? Uh, Georgia. Um, this year. Mm. Georgia. That's an interesting place, right? Georgia on my mind now. Not Georgia, USA, which is what uh, <laughs> Georgia, as in Europe, the country. Yes. Um, <laughs> As uh, as Archer and somebody thinks, oh, Atlanta, Georgia, that'll be nice. Well, that's good over there. <laughs> actually, actually, I mean, um, uh, I reckon it's good, excellent news that it's in Georgia, Europe. Um, you know, look, sort of monitoring it not very closely, but monitoring the progress of the Georgian rugby team. Um, <clears throat> they seem to have something in their genes or something that, um, especially their forward pack, anyway, uh, sort of means that they're actually not too bad at rugby and um I, yeah i've seen oh, some good glowing progress price. <laughs> glowing glowing not so, too bad um so if you look at when, when i uh, for the 2015 tournament I went through all the all the all the teams 
Um, and one of the things about Georgia was their entire pack all played in the pretty much in the French top 14 uh, competition and all their backs played at home in the amateur Georgian competition. They are great forwards, particularly front rows, but they tend to be not so great in the backs. Now, now that's improving. Uh, we're seeing more of them get professional opportunities overseas. But yeah, historically, Georgia have been that tight eight and they can scrimmage with anybody in the world. Uh, England got Georgia in for a live scrimmaging practice uh, this year or last year. I think it's this year. This year they did that one. Uh, yeah, last year, they, last year they did they, they did it with Wales. So they got they got Georgia in for, for live scrimmaging practice because they are one of the top scrimmaging sides in the world. But their backs aren't great. They've never beaten a tier one team. Um, so now I think it's great this tournament's going there, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people who are pushing for Georgia saying, oh, they're better than Italy. Well, Italy have beaten tier one teams in the past. Not very often, I agree, but they have done. Um, whereas Georgia never have beaten a tier one team. And I don't think Georgia actually earned the right to get into the Six Nations yet in the way that um, Italy did to get into the Six Nations or Argentina did to get into the Rugby Championship. I mean, Argentina came second, uh, sorry, third in the Rugby World Cup in France mm. before they got into the Rugby Championship. Uh, and since then, they came fourth in the, Rugby World, in the last Rugby World Cup in 2015. This is not where Georgia is at. They're, not, they're nowhere near that level. So, I, yeah, I don't think they've earned it. And to me, Japan, if we're talking about any second tier two nation, then probably Japan, having beaten the Springboks in the last Rugby World Cup, having drawn with somebody last November, I've gone blank as to who it was now, uh, tier one team, you've got, they're the team, they're, they're the country actually that's, that's next in line for making it to tier one if we're not going to put throw money at one of the Pacific Islands. And we know that's not going to happen. No, it's not. Uh, um, Andre, yes, Georgia has just had winter. It's coming to summer now. They're the opposite of us down here in, in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, um, yeah, so back on the old spark thing, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, that, it, it's good that they've got a few lead-in tournaments like the under-20s. It'll give them a chance to iron, some, iron out some of the creases. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be interesting. What it does raise the question of is in 2020 when we have so sky have got super rugby for one more year um and also every championship and all of that who's going to have it in 2020 uh if sky is starting to lose these rights they didn't have the commonwealth games they had the, they had the olympics they're not getting the next round of world rugby tournaments or um uh, so so will they get super rugby in 2020 or is it going to be uh, I, I can't imagine it being a spark at tvnz but is Amazon going to come in, for example, and take that off their hands? And Amazon, uh, obviously, your content producers are all watching this show. And if you'd like us to provide you with the super rugby coverage on Amazon to, to warm up the rugby audience, and we're obviously more than ready for you. Um, the And so, yeah, it's, it's, there is that big question as to how much is Sky losing its grip on these sort of things? Because they have had a monopoly for so long, and that's made them complacent. It will be interesting, won't it? Because um, if Spark does do a, um, a bang-up job of uh, of the Rugby World Cup in Japan, then it'll actually make it even more enticing for someone like Amazon to come in. The issue they will have is that they don't. Ha um, you know, at the moment, Sky have the OSB side of their um, organisation that goes and broadcasts the games. Amazon or anybody else won't have that facility, so that'll be interesting on how they sort of. 
you know, get over that hump. They could, they could just do, like, use drones for the whole game. <laughs> Follow Wouldn't the players around. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the, the reality is that uh, Sky might not be totally out of it in terms of the fact that, let's say, an Amazon comes or anybody who's going to provide internet content um, gets it. They're going to need a broad um, someone who captures the pictures. And as I said, Sky has an o, the um, OSB that could still do that function for whoever's won it. Obviously, yeah, uh, I, well, Sky the only, the only company in New Zealand that have the OSB capacity to do Super Rugby games and Rugby Championship games in New Zealand. Uh, it is, uh, whilst it's a, whilst they do own that, it is a wholly owned subsidiary. Yes. Part of Sky TV itself. So mm -hmm. other companies uh, do Can utilize it. Do already utilize it. Uh, it is a sold, uh, yeah, it, they, they do so for, for concerts, etc. It's not just for sports games as the, the OSB. So uh, yeah, I mean, already other companies use it. So it wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, whoever does it will have to use Sky's OSB. There's no toys about it. The other side of it is, though, that um, Sky deliberately bought bought Prime because Prime is free to wear. That allows them to show delayed games free to wear, which keeps the competition um, or keeps the government happy that there is some rugby available on free to wear TV. So, who, if Amazon does come in, they're going to have to do a deal with somebody like TVNZ so that they can screen delayed games at the very least on free to wear. Uh, it won't be all on online something will be available on free-to-air TV. Um, uh, if Sky loses rugby in New Zealand, they're doomed, says Floyd in pink. Yes, absolutely, they are. But um, It's changing, though. Everything's changing. The technology, everything's changing. No, no, but, but Sky is doomed as doomed can be if they lose rugby in New Zealand. Um, there is no reason to have Sky unless you're a league Yeah, supporter. I know. That's what I'm saying is that yeah. like the whole function of TV is evolving with internet so yeah and also we're coming to the, we're coming to the last season of game of thrones as well um yeah. which is the other one i uh, know i mean all seriousness game of thrones is another one game of thrones and super rugby are the two things that basically get people to subscribe to um to sky guy uh and they get an uptick uh do -do -do, where are we now then um what would super teams look like if they could only select <clears throat> players from where they are based now jess this was your one Oh, this is my question. Um, so I just had this concept, and I'm just going to stick to the New Zealand teams. But imagine if all the New Zealand players had to play for the team that is closest to where they were born. The teams would look much different and would be quite interesting. The Chiefs would have all the Barretts. <laughs> well, the, 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 there might be a, a, another fight over Taranaki. <laughs> oh, no, we're not going there. Uh, we're, we're definitely not using the term land war either, folks. I didn't. I didn't. You did. <laughs> I was being very um, careful. <laughs> um, I feel that the Crusaders get too much space. They have too great of a distance. To, you know, their team would... They'd be decimated. Yeah. They would be absolutely decimated. You reckon? Absolutely. They have, they have almost all of the South Island to pick from. Uh, yeah, but, but look at look at where their players come from. They've, they've started to pick a few more from the Tasman scene, but, but Tasman most... would be Crusaders. Yes, yes, no, absolutely. No, no, so, but... no, no, let's, so let's rewind. So uh, the so uh, Kieran Reid, uh, well, he's County's Manukau, so that's Blues. Blues. Yeah, you'd like that. <laughs> Scott mm. Scott Barrett, Taranaki. Taranaki. That's yeah. Chiefs. Chiefs. Um, Jack Goodhue. 
Blues. Um, oh, no, yeah, Blues. Um, Damien McKenzie would be... Chicago, the Hunters. Oh, yeah. we, 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 we're talking about Damien McKenzie doesn't play for Crusaders. We're talking about Crusaders here first. Yeah, you're talking oh, Crusaders, yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on, stick with the program here. Havili would be Crusaders? Yeah, Havili, because he's from Tasman. Yeah. Um, yep. yep. Um, you, you go with uh, Tafua is from Counties. Oh, so this is the Blues problem. They keep giving all their players away. Oh, that, that's a known fact. <laughs> no well, let's, yeah, let's get there. Yeah, build yeah. a wall or something, keep them in, and then you can finally win. Uh, we did. Oh, we have the Bombay is... Hills, but somehow they still get over them. <laughs> yeah, just oh. channeling her in a Trump. Build a wall. <laughs> no, I'm not happy. Like, who would the Chiefs have other than the three Barretts? Oh, <laughs> Sam Kane would have Sam Kane, I think. Yeah, he's by a plenty, I yeah, believe. Brody Retallick would be Brody Retallick would be back to the Crusaders. Really? Is that where he's from? Mm, he's from Christchurch. Hey, fun fact, I totally skipped over this. I was born in the same hospital as Karen Reed, and it's like a really small place in Papakura. And apparently there's only one like birthing suite there, so I came into the world in the same place he did. So. <laughs> and he's captain of the All Blacks, and you... And look at me. Um, captain same. of my life. Nearly same site. <laughs> yeah, it's quite hard. <laughs> it's challenging. Uh... Um, I'm going to have a look where Brody is, was born. Yeah, Christchurch. Really? Mm. How do you know that? Because that, that's the one that the Crusaders let get away. Oh. Although sad. he went it's via, via Hawke's Bay, I, if I, I, I'm not, yeah, I think. Who else is there? What, Rico, I think, is probably just going to be blue still. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, TJ would be still Hurricanes. TJ... Oh, Piranari, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but Crusaders is uh, the interesting one. I, I think you'll find. Oh well, well, you, well, you say that, but Highlanders, and who would the Highlanders have left? Just oh, Damien. That's all they do. Don't worry about it. So uh, Ben Smith. What about Ben and, Smith? Where's he from? Ben Smith. Ben Smith's yep. a tie through and through. Uh, yeah. But um, Naholo Blues. Um, Sopawanga. Actually, Naholo. Um, I think he's actually out of a like. Obviously, he's from Fiji, but. Um, he's actually uh, a schoolboy rugby player out of New Plymouth or Palmy. Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it right. Now. Sorry, yes, New Plymouth, because I was in a local rugby club and he is on the honours board. Yeah. Whoa. Um, for those of you who watched my saw my tweets last, yeah, two Fridays ago. There you go. So Braden Enor. Polo is younger than me. How depressing is that? <laughs> <laughs> he's exactly two months younger than me. It's his birthday soon. Another one, so, Brayden Enor, he's from Auckland. So, oh, Ellen Dixon is Christchurch, Christchurch. Out, of the, out, of, out of Highlanders. So he Julian would be... and Artie would still be Hurricanes. Yeah. Oh, look, most of the Hurricanes are actually um, yeah. from that region. Oh, Aaron Smith, would he be a Chiefs player, Palmerston North? No, that would still be oh. Hurricanes. That's all right. Thank you. Sorry, my bad. Oh, not my bad. Your bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's all right. Bad. They can take. Well, Naholo started at uh, Wanganui. And then oh, moved, Wanganui. Uh, then moved up to Taranaki. Ah, so that means he'd be a Hurricanes boy as well then. Mm. So a state of origin for Super Rugby. Yeah, that uh, would be cool. Um, Tavita Lee would be – well, they did. They had North, North versus South, didn't they, in the old days? They used to back in the day. That doesn't did happen they? so often. Yeah. Doesn't happen. Hasn't happened. Yes, hasn't, hasn't happened in decades. I think. Um, uh, Lee, uh, again, uh, another Blues player. Yep. Um, or would be. 
Um, trying to think who else was who else I recognise off there. Uh, Brian Crotty would still be a crusader. And Dan Pryor is again he's Northland boy, isn't he? So he would be yep. um, he's blues. He'd be blues. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the 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 team that would struggle the most would be the Highlanders. Um, they they mm. basically yeah, if if you don't um, uh, yeah it's up Wellington. Um, they, they so uh, yeah if you've got there's very few players actually in the Highlanders who are who are originally from there. Uh, it's a shame that we haven't got uh, Cornflakes Crib or Steve on with because he obviously being a Southland boy uh, he would have a good idea as to a few of them. But yeah, that's not not only have we got that but there's, there's, there's yeah, originally, you the you had to play for the Super Rugby team that your your province was tied to. Oh so, yeah. Um, that's now broken down. Uh, I've not seen Auckland Rugby tweeting out about it this year, but I know last year I saw them tweeting out regularly that they had a starting player in every single one of the five uh, New Zealand rugby franchises. Um, and this is one of the things. If you look at um, the Crusaders, they've got a Canterbury core. If you look at the Hurricanes, um, they've got Wellington. again. They've got a Wellington core to them. If you yep. look at uh, the Chiefs, they tr they 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 try and have a a, a um, Waikato Waikato core to them. If you look at the Blues, they do not have an Auckland core by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, if anything, they've had a, a Counties core now that Tanner's been there for a while, mm. uh, or, or, or a Counties come North Harbour core. Because uh, there's been quite a few North Harbour players there, but they don't have that one core that that that, that travels through and gives you continuity between Mighty Ten Cup and Super Rugby, and gives you all that connection of players who are used to playing with each other. Um, and that's also been one of Auckland's issues, uh, amongst many others. Many others. <laughs> have you put your name forward for that job, coaching job, for the Blues? I'm working I, my way up well, at the moment. Okay. Um, I've just uh, I start my season this year again with the Macaws. Yeah. Uh, the, the the suburbs under seven Macaws team uh, went yeah. very well last year, and I'm uh, just building my pedigree at the moment. Um, so yeah, one day I, I get on LinkedIn and I just send Steve Hansen a message, and honestly, yeah, it should be fine. Should be fine. It should happen. It should happen in the next couple of years. I'm expecting. You know, the, the coaching CV is filling up quite nicely. Wasn't it so interesting seeing Steve Hansen at the Hurricanes Chiefs game? I was like, who's he got his eye on? Oh, there was all three of them were there. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty of players over the eye on there. I mean, but then mm -hmm. you can tell about any any game. I mean, obviously, uh, how is DMAC going um, at 10? Is he going to be the backup? Is, is, is he going to have that 22 jersey? Uh, he's not going to start ahead of uh, of, um, of Boat Brody Brody Britannic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brody Britannic. Oh. I would love to see that oh, in a Barrett. World Cup final. Um, <laughs> yes. Look, as a second rower, he'd be easy to lift, wouldn't he? He'd be fine at line-out time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, um, I'm not sure how I feel about Damien McKenzie at 10 yet. Everyone seems to be quite critical. Uh, I, I, well, no, listening to the, the commentary as I was driving up on Friday night, uh, I think he's growing into the role. It's taking time. That's what I think. He's um, and, it's, and uh, yeah, it's where he's come from. So uh, a couple of little notes because we're running out of time. Uh, Major League Rugby kicks, rug, Major League Rugby um, kicks off this weekend, uh, so I'll be doing my predictions for that, which is going to be interesting as I've not seen any of the preseason games, but I have been reading about it and uh, listening listening to podcasts as well. Um, so check that out. Hopefully, I will have an American podcast uh, live streaming on the YouTube channel uh, in the near future. So uh, if you're interested in American rugby, kick, stick around. Um, 
We didn't get a chance to talk about uh, New Zealand teams taking three points. Ashwin, maybe that's one for another uh, another night. Um, and also tomorrow night, I'll be doing an exclusive show for my Patreons uh, talking about rugby club names. As some of you may have heard, Bristol um, have, turned, have renamed themselves Bristol Bears, um, which if you uh, if you Google Bristol Bears, be careful which uh, website you click on. As, <laughs> as there is a there is there, there is a rather uh, in certain circles a famous Bristol Bears club uh, in uh, in uh, in Bristol. So anyway, predictions times, boys and girls. Uh, Blues versus Highlanders. Ashwin. Oh, Blues by twenty. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and now that you've come down off your drugs, uh, it's the. Uh... Oh look! Um, it realistically. Obviously, the Highlanders are going to go into this favourites. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, the Highlanders go into it favourites. Uh, yeah, I think there's a tone of sarcasm there. I understand that. <laughs> uh, unless one thing I just saw mentioned actually, um, I can't remember if it was a video or an article that I read, and Tana mentioned what we talked about. There's a lack of physicality in certain players in the Blues, and it really shows up. So, what's what's what, what is what is your real prediction? Um, Highlands, I, I, I still have to because I'm a blue. Okay. Uh, Waratahs versus the Lions. This is one of the interesting ones of the weekend. Jess, I said Waratahs by six. Austin. Mm, as you say, just don't know how the Lions are going to travel and we'll find out if the Waratahs are the real deal after their, what, they've had five or six in a row straight that they've won or something I've read. I might be wrong, but um, close, oh, seven Waratahs. So, yeah, Waratahs won, I think, yeah, the last four or five, uh, last four on the trot. Uh, the Lions, though, do ha do welcome back Warren Whiteley, their captain, uh, at number eight onto the touring party. So that's going to be a big bonus for them. And there was another player going back from injury, and I've forgotten who that was now. Uh, I'm going Waratahs by three. I think this one could basically come down to the bounce of the ball. Uh, Waratahs are looking uh, pretty decent at home. The Lions are a good touring side on the whole, but, um, yep, still going that way. Um, Crusaders versus Sunwolves, Arshun? Um, Look, I think that the Sunwolves got a really good hit out against the Blues, and so they'll be up for this game. So I reckon the Crusaders by 30. That's exactly what I said. Wow. <laughs> so I'm not being quite so down on the Sunwolves, and I'm going Crusaders by 20. Um, Reds versus Chiefs. Jess, this is your team. Uh, I honestly, I don't know. I, I've i put Chiefs by nine, but I'm, I, the Reds could win, let's be honest. I don't know. Ashwin? Yeah, look, um, obviously we, we referred to the um, weather conditions in the uh, in the sevens. I mean, they're playing in 30-degree heat. It, was, it obviously was a daytime or late afternoon game. So it will be interesting how warm it is up there when they're playing, and that could affect the Chiefs. But um, the Chiefs just have this resiliency, and I'm, so I'm going to pick them by nine. Uh, so I'm going to Chiefs by ten. Uh, the, the Reds have lost their last, uh, I think it's three games on the trot. Uh, they was. Uh, they've been a bit found out. They are basically a nuggety pack and then a bunch of backs that don't like to tackle. So against the Chiefs, a bunch of backs that don't like to tackle is really not what you need. Um, um, so that's going to be a, 
it's going to be Chiefs all the way there. It won't be too hot over there for the game, by the way. 24 degrees. No, it's not too bad. It's, oh, army. Um, uh, we head over to South Africa for Bulls versus the Rebels. Uh, Ashwin? Oh, Bulls. Oh, Bulls are... It, uh, after their, they they'll they'll be wanting to keep the performance level up, um, like they did against the Sharks last week. So I'm actually going the the, the Bulls by fifteen. Ooh, going big. Bulls Get by out. ten. So I've gone Bulls by seven. Yeah, the Rebels have been found out, and their early season's uh, easy schedule has come back to haunt them. Yeah, we're now seeing them actually lose quite a few, lose a couple of games. Uh, Sharks versus Stormers. This was the other one that I found extremely hard to pick. Jess. Sharks. Hoshin? I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to go flip a coin. Uh, sharks uh, by three at home. So yeah, the sharks look good against the Blues and the Hurricanes. They went back home and played appalling against the Bulls, losing by thirty. I think it was, or was it forty? Anyway, thirty points mm. it was. Um, so uh, they don't like playing at home, which is strange for rugby teams. Uh, the Stormers, though, have not won a won a game away from home yet this season. Um, and so yes, it's basically I'm going. To, who is the worst? rather than who the best of these. And I think the Storms are the worst out of the two, so I'm going for Sharks by five. Um, and then finally, uh, the um, Sunday evening, 6 p.m., Brumbies versus the Haguares, who are coming off the back for an away win over the Rebels. Uh, Ashwin. Yeah, uh, hard one to pick. I think, um, you know, the uh, our, the Australians, sort of the, the Brumby supporters, got a bit excited. They seem to be getting back to some sort of uh, Brumbies form, but they sort of got found out against the Highlanders. Um, and saying that at home, Hagiwari's, they got a bit lucky last week. So, yeah, sort of Brumbies by sort of 10, I suppose. But it could go the other way. Yes? I put Brumbies by six. Um, I've gone Brumbies by seven. Uh, yeah, I think, again, yeah, well, the Brumbies were never going to win against Highlanders. Let's be let's be blunt about it. They but they they did find some form against the Reds after losing to the Tars. But so yeah, the Haguaris, lucky last weekend. I think they're going to yeah, find it a bit more difficult down uh, in Canberra. So thank you so much. Been a joy as always. Um, Ashwin, why don't you let people know where they can uh, get hold of you for uh, New Zealand rugby and politic political chat. Uh, NZ Fetso on Twitter. I'll see you there. And uh, Jess, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening. Um, where can people talk about rugby with you? For political chat. Having seen your Twitter account, politics doesn't yeah, tend to rate very high. Really. No. Um, could start. Um, I am at JAM8391 on Twitter. And uh, I've been obviously. Uh, Paul, the guy behind Driving Wall, uh, at Driving at Driving Wall on Twitter. Lots of rugby, no politics, no other real stuff. Oh, actually, um, also recycling stuff recently. So, uh, <laughs> top top recycling tip: uh, your bottle tops from your beers. Um, if you put them in recycling, they're too small and will go into landfill. So Drink put your them, water out of so these. Put them into cans, and then seal the top, and then the whole can and the bottles can get be recycled. Pro pro uh, pro beer drinking. Uh, recycling tip there from you. Are you hippie greenie? Yes, hippie. You can see the hair dangling down below the cap. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know, the whole thing. Uh, Five-star reviews, subscribe on your podcast. <laughs> Please subscribe on the YouTube channel. Give it the old thumbs up. Lots of comments. Loving all your stuff, folks. Uh, become Patreons. Uh, just do everything. Just click on anything on the screen. Save that you the can. planet. 
and save the planet, of course. But more and most importantly, enjoy whatever it be you're watching.